sunshines, and welcome to What You're Reading, a bookish podcast where every other week I share what I've been reading, interview authors, and further my never-ending quest to discover more queer own voices in the media. I'm Mallory, also known as Mallory of Sunshine Around the Interwebs, and join me today for a brief review of The Anthropocene Reviewed by John Green. Hi, so this is going to be a pretty short and quick and hopefully sweet review today, I think. I'm here to talk to you about The Anthropocene Reviewed by John Green. I dare another book to come in and knock this one out of first place for my 2021 reads this year. Yeah, I know we're halfway through the year and there's still a lot of months ahead, but in my mind this book is the most special book I will read this year. I feel like it came to me in exactly the right moment, in exactly a season of life where I needed it, I felt like John Green was reaching out to me in a way that I've never felt before. I have read all of his books. I have watched almost every Vlogbrothers video. I have listened to almost every episode of Dear John and Hank. I've been, um, I have been following John and Hank Green's journey on the internet for as long as I have been on the internet, as long as they have been on the internet. And they're really incredibly special people to me, and I've never even met them, and I don't know them personally, but they are incredibly special people to me, and I think I can speak for so many when I say to the world, to a lot of people. And they have changed a lot of things about a lot of things. You know, media, books, movies, podcasting, vlogging, video making, you name it, and they've education, they've touched so many different areas, and with their charitable giving and their kind hearts and their, I don't know, they just seem like incredibly wonderful people. And so, yeah, I wanted to talk about this book because my copy, I've been reading it for, I took it on my last trip that I went on and I finished it. I think I finished it all in all in probably about two weeks but that's just because I was trying to kind of draw it out and make it last I could have devoured it honestly my copy is completely dog-eared and so incredibly highlighted I don't even know if you can see this and on the podcast I know you can't but there were so many pieces in here so many little nuggets that I just latched onto and held me when I was crying and gave me a glimmer of hope when I felt like I was hopeless and that sounds big and dramatic and like this book is really serious and in a lot of ways it is serious it deals with a lot of heavy topics it's you know it's essays but it's also kind of a memoir of John Green's life in a way too where he takes you through kind of his early childhood and being bullied into his college years and his first mental health crisis into adulthood now into another mental health kind of collective mental health crisis with COVID and 2020 and humanity's outcry of injustice and just failing of one another and collective pain and collective hurt. And so there are essays in here that touch the breadth of that experience, both his life and kind of collectively what humanity has been experiencing. So for those of you who don't know, I'll just give you a quick synopsis. The Anthropocene Reviewed by John Green is a collection of essays and it stemmed from an idea of a conversation that he had been having with Hank 
as most of their ideas do, they stem from one another typically, taking the idea of writing essays on the human experience and rating them on a five-star scale. So the Anthropocene, for those of you who don't know, is the era of human history, which we are in right now, sort of like the Stone Age or the Renaissance or the Bronze Age. The Anthropocene is the era in which we find ourselves now. It's essentially the human era, hence the anthro in Anthropocene. And yeah, so he essentially writes essays on a wider range of topics and rates them on a five-star scale. Is It's sort of tongue-in-cheek a little bit because reviews are never a review of the thing, right? He's talked about this. I actually watched a review of this book also right before sitting down to film this video and it's so true because a review is not the review of the thing like this book just exists the microphone i'm using to record this just exists if i review this microphone i am really reviewing my experience of and with this microphone right when i review this book i am reviewing my experience of and with this book it's not actually of this book this book is just a thing and so he kind of takes that idea and applies it to different aspects of humanity. And the topics range uh, it, from Kentucky bluegrass to the game of Monopoly to the to Haley's Comet to the song Old Lang Syne to Scratch and Sniff Stickers. It's the gamut of, you know, things that he has encountered and experienced and in his lifetime. And it was incredibly moving and thoughtful and touching and yeah kind of serious in some ways at some points but also funny and human and oh, completely full of heart and yeah it just it really really moved me and touched me i dog-eared so many pages i highlighted so many pieces because it resonated with me on an incredibly deep level and one of the biggest takeaways that i have and He's said this before outside of the context of this book, but it really felt incredibly close to my heart when I read it and felt it through this book this time. You know, there's a lot of suffering. There's a lot of pain and loss and grief and heartache collectively that humanity has been feeling for the past couple of years now. And, you know, I mean, more than that too, right? But I think we've seen it hit a fever pitch with the race injustices and inequalities that really started to pick up speed last year and come to the forefront of the, you know, human experience and with COVID and this disease that is wreaking havoc on our world. And, you know, he says something, and this is the thought that kind of stuck with me after reading the book, is that hope is, and I truly believe this too, is the right response to consciousness. I was talking to somebody else the other day where, you know, I was I was talking about love and I've been thinking a lot about love and hope and joy and happiness and sadness and grief and I've just been kind of on this journey on my own of like doing the work and digging deep and going as far into myself to learn as much about myself as I can and why I am the way I am and how I react and just learning the depths of my own existence is is the path that I'm on and I'm trying to pursue right now but I was talking to somebody about you know how I think a lot of times people say oh love is the most powerful human emotion and I don't believe that I think that hope is the most powerful emotion because I think that hope 
can lead to the other things, can lead to joy, can lead to love, can lead to survival and success and, you know, overcoming. But joy can't lead to hope. Love can't lead to hope. At least that's the way I see it. And so that idea of hope being the right response to human consciousness or consciousness or human existence just really resonates with me because I think it's true. Like I think if we lose hope, we have lost everything. Sort of like the movie Jacob the Liar. I don't know if any of you have seen that, but it's a Robin Williams movie. It's set in World War II and it's in one of the ghettos they find themselves in and Jacob basically starts a radio show, an internal to the ghetto radio show, but nobody else knows that it's internal. So spoiler if you haven't watched Jacob the Liar because I just spoiled it for you. But, um, you know, it's kind of that idea of like, if lying leads to hope, if lying gives people hope, so many of those people survived because they had that hope that Jacob gave them, even though it was a lie. Did that make it wrong? It's really interesting. I highly recommend that movie as well. But yeah, I think right now in the midst of this pain and suffering and collective human grief, hope has to be our response. We have to find a way to dig deep and find hope and reach out to one another with hope. And that's what this book felt like to me and for me because not only have I been feeling that weight of humanity's grief and sadness and suffering, but I've also been going through my own grief and sadness and suffering and kind of feeling like I've lost my footing a little bit and trying to regain it and recenter myself and how I perceived myself and understood and knew myself within the context of still having hope. <laughs> and it's hard. It's really hard. It's a daily practice. And maybe I'll share more. My TBR is very heavily slanted right now towards inner work and inner seeking of self. I had my chart read for the first time last week and it was incredibly affirming and eye-opening and just one of the most wonderful experiences ever and I highly recommend it uh, if you haven't had your natal chart read or your astrological chart and you're even a little bit interested in astrology. I definitely recommend it. It was so helpful but this book is a part of this journey for me. The book itself is also beautiful. Inside, I know you can't see this if you're listening to the audio version, but the dust flaps on the inside are little, some of John's little circle drawings that he does for his own kind of like mental escape. Um, I have an autographed copy because all the first editions are autographed copies. My autograph is pink, and on the opposing side to the autograph, it actually has a short review of autographs which I think is really cute and then like I said I just found myself highlighting and just writing down quotes feverishly from so many of these essays I'm going to really quickly just scan through and tell you a few of my favorite essays I really enjoyed scratch and sniff stickers um the internet sunsets penguins of Madagascar CNN Harvey, Googling Strangers, Whispering, Wintery Mix, The Notes app, The Mountain Goats, The QWERTY Keyboard, New Partner, and Three Farmers on Their Way to a Dance. Those were some of my favorite. <laughs> That's a lot of them, but there's a good number of essays in here still that I didn't mention. Um, so 
I am going to just share a few little quotes because that's what I want to do. So, and this is my podcast, damn it. So I'm going to share quotes. Let me see. Okay, so the first thing that jumped out at me, one of his close friends, Amy Kroos Rosenthal, I have never read any of her work, but I've vaguely been aware of her because of John. Um, She has since passed away, but she's an author and an artist in her own right. And this is the first quote and it that jumped out to me. And it just is, For anyone trying to discern what to do with their life, pay attention to what you pay attention to. That's pretty much all the info you need. So that was a quote that she said, and it's in here. Uh, He quotes some Maurice Sendak. He quotes um, just some incredible people. But let's see, what are some other ones that he wrote? Oh, here's the first one that like leapt out at me and made me cry. And I hope I don't cry reading it right now. Um, when my breastbone starts to hurt and my throat tightens and tears well in my eyes, I want to look away from that feeling. I want to deflect with irony or anything else that will keep me from feeling directly. We all know how loving ends, but I want to fall in love with the world anyway, to let it crack me open. I want to feel what there is to feel while I'm here. And that's something that I had been had and have been struggling with on an incredibly personal level actually right now um I wear my heart on my sleeve I love deeply I love wholeheartedly and that is really scary and it can be incredibly scary when that love is rejected it can be incredibly hurtful and I'm kind of struggling with that right now and so this quote you know I was literally talking to my therapist before I think before I got to this point and a friend as well just saying like I it hurts me so much to love this way but also I don't want to change it because I would much rather love I hate it sounds cheesy it's one of those cliches right to love and to lose is to better is better than to not love at all and that I it's hard and it hurts and it sucks and it's painful but that is true. And so when I read this, I just started crying immediately because it resonated so deeply with me. Oh, here's another quote about hope. I find hopelessness to be a kind of pain, one of the worst kinds. For me, finding hope is not some philosophical exercise or sentimental notion. It is a prerequisite for my survival. That that one hit me hard too. And here's another one. We should get out of the habit of saying that anything is once in a lifetime. We should stop pretending we have any idea how long a lifetime is or what might happen in one. I really liked that one. Ah, here's another one that hit home. I don't want to give in to despair. I don't want to take refuge in the ridicule of emotion. I don't want to be cool if cool means being cold to or distant from the reality of experience. (laughs) And this one also made me just smile. What an astonishment to breathe on this breathing planet. What a blessing to be earth, loving earth. So lots and lots of incredible quotes. I just kept writing them. I kept writing them in my notes app on my phone, in my journal. They prompted ideas. And I know that John will probably never watch this or listen to this. But on the off chance that he is, that you are, John, I just wanted to take a moment to say thank you. Um, I know that this writer, reader, you know, connection can be so not one-sided, but just disjointed in the sense that 
your connection to us, the reader, happens as you're writing and often not while we are reading. And our connection to you often happens when we are reading and not while you are writing. And so it's sort of this like weird alternate timeline situation that happens and those things don't overlap very often. But this is a medium where I feel like if there's any chance for it to overlap, I just wanted to say thank you for writing this book, for taking the time to share your heart on paper, and for reaching out. And I'm getting a little emotional, (laughs) but that's okay. This is real. Um, I think this is a great reminder to me of how you never know how something that you do or say or write or are is going to affect someone else you know for positive or for negative honestly but I think mostly I personally don't I don't know if I'll ever know if I've had a positive impact on someone and that's probably one of my greatest fears because I just want to help people and help them be happy and haven't have leave something behind that makes even one person's life better than it was before they met me. And yeah, John, if you feel that way, I just want you to know that you have had a profound impact on my life. And this book especially has had a profound impact on this moment of my life. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you for that. You have given me an incredible gift. And I know that you have given that gift to so many other people as well. Okay, I need to get my shit together. Okay, okay, I'm back. So that is my little review of The Anthropocene Reviewed by John Green. This book is an incredible book. If you have a chance, if anything that I said today resonated with you on any level, go pick it up. All of the first editions are signed, which is also an incredible gift that he signed 250,000 copies of this book as sort of one of his ways of giving back to us, the reader. I loved it. Like I said, I have a sneaking suspicion this is going to be my favorite read of 2021. And I'm not mad about it because it's an incredibly special book. Yeah, that's my review. I give The Anthropocene Reviewed by John Green five stars. (laughs) I'll be checking in again soon, probably with my July slash August TBR. Thank you so much for watching, for listening, for supporting me, whatever you do. I guess I'll also take this moment to do a quick shameless plug that I am actually going to be launching my first Kickstarter ever. It will either be in the first or second week of August. I might need to push to the second week of August just because of some things that have kind of popped up, but stay tuned for that. It's going to be a Kickstarter for my first ever self-published collection of poetry. I am incredibly excited. I have a bunch of collaborators that I am so thrilled to be able to share as it gets a little bit closer. A link to where you can sign up to be notified when the Kickstarter goes live as well as lock in. Early bird pricing is down below. This has been an incredible labor of love. It is, again, sort of a fever pitch of my own human experience coming to a head and I am overwhelmed with gratitude already at the amount of support that I have received. 
towards this book and I couldn't be more excited and I hope some of you are as well. (sighs) Okay, I'm going to go enjoy some of the beautiful sunny Seattle day that is out here on this Sunday. Thank you again for listening, for watching, for tuning in, however you tune in, and I will talk to you all again very soon. Bye.